Well, good morning. It is so good to see you guys this morning, uh, and welcome to Ridgepoint Church. Uh, we are so glad that you're with us today. Whether you're online with us or whether you're here in person, it is great to have you. Uh, welcome, and let's enjoy the Spirit as the worship folks have already led us to the throne this morning. Thank you again, worship team. Well, listen, we're in this series called uh, Dangerous Prayers, and, and for the past two weeks, I'm telling you, the Lord has just been rocking my world. I don't know about yours. Uh, but I pray that you are, are praying these prayers with me and with the church as we pray uh, for God to reveal himself to us in a new way. The problem is that we're so used to praying these easy, simple prayers. We're so used to praying these prayers of God, uh, just keep me safe. Lord, just keep me safe, happy, and healthy. Those are the things that I want most. Keep my family happy. Keep my family healthy. Those are the things that give me peace. And so I want all of those things. And so we're so used to praying these safe, happy, and healthy prayers. And the first week, so, so just to kind of, and again, I'm not coming against those prayers. We can pray those prayers. It's important for us to pray whatever is on our hearts. But so we're coming back and we're asking God to do something different in our prayer life. So the first week we asked God, Lord, make me bold. Make me bold so that I can stand up and declare you to a world that so desperately needs you. Lord, make me bold. And last week we began to pray this prayer. Lord, speak. Your servant is listening. And I'm so thankful for those of you that prayed that prayer and have sent me messages throughout the week or emails telling me what God has been uh, saying to you through your prayer time when you ask that very simple question. Lord, speak. Your servant is listening. These are very dangerous prayers. If you've never prayed these kind of prayers before, these are very dangerous prayers. And the prayer that we're going to look, like, look at today, listen, guys, this is a serious prayer. Super, super serious prayer. As a matter of fact, all week long, I've just had this weight on my, on my spirit, on my shoulders because of this particular prayer. Okay? And so it's, it's a very serious prayer. And the prayer that we're going to pray today prayer that I'm going to encourage you guys to pray if you have the courage to do so. It's a prayer that you're probably not going to like. It's a prayer that you're probably not going to like at all. Some of you will likely refuse to pray this prayer. It's not a normal prayer. As a matter of fact, it isn't consistent with the God should make my life easy type of Christianity, Americanized, popular, popularized Christianity that you and I know so well today. I like the easy prayers. I really do. I like praying those easy prayers. It's important uh, that I tell you today, it's okay to pray those stress-free prayers, Lord. Just help me make it through the day. Allow, everything, allow all the red lights to be green lights today. Allow me to just have a good stress-free day. But that's not the prayer that we're going to talk about today. The prayer that we're going to talk about today, it's not a safe prayer. It's just not a safe prayer. This is one of the most dangerous prayers that you can pray. And if you pray this prayer, most likely you're going to feel very uncomfortable. You're going to feel very uncomfortable because God's going to answer this prayer. This is a prayer that if you pray it out of the sincerity of your heart, God will answer it. No matter, He will answer it 10 times out of 10. If you pray this prayer, this prayer out of sincerity in your heart, you're going to feel frustrated. You're going to feel like, I mean, you're going to feel really, it's going to be hard for you to pray this prayer. It's not going to feel good at all. I'm going to invite you to pray this dangerous prayer today. I want you to pray it with me because following Jesus was never meant to be safe. I'm going to invite you to pray this very dangerous 
prayer with me. Today, if you have the courage to do so, I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer in this simple, simple prayer. God, break my heart. God, break my heart. Crush it. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Guys, this is a dangerous prayer. It's a dangerous prayer. and You might find yourself burdened and grieved and your heart aching for something that burdens the very heart of God. Your heart may begin to burn with righteous anger. You'll find yourself doing things that other people, they're probably not going to understand. You're likely, you're going to face criticism and, and spiritual resistance and opposition in places that you didn't even think about before or even persecution when you pray this very dangerous prayer. And in your pain and in your discomfort, in your agony, you're going to find joy. Because you'll be blessed as your heart breaks for what breaks the very heart of God. This is a dangerous prayer. And if you have the courage to pray, I'm going to challenge you today to pray this very dangerous prayer. God, break my heart. Today I want to look at the prophet Jeremiah. Before we jump in, I want to give you some context uh, of um, what's going on with, with Jeremiah. But before we do that, I want to ask you a question. Just be honest with me, men. I know the women are going to be honest with me, but men, I want you to be honest with me. How many of you guys cry at the, at the drop of a hat, honestly? I mean, just, just be real. I'm one of those guys. I just, I'm one of those guys. My wife and I could be watching any random show on TV and something happens and I see a life change or a heart change or something like that and automatically I just start bawling. And my wife looks over from the, she sits over in the corner of the couch. I'm sitting in my, my recliner, you know, the manly recliner, right? I'm sitting there in my recliner, tears rolling down my face and she's just dying laughing, right? She's just laughing at me and it hurts. It hurts my feelings. But anyway, <laughs> Jeremiah had this very unfortunate nickname. He was called the weeping prophet. I mean, who wants to be called the weeping prophet, right? Who wants to be known as someone that's always crying? But he was known as the weeping prophet because his heart was always breaking over the plight of his people as the people of God. And God's heart broke for them as well to see what they were doing and see what was going on. To give you some context, the people of Judah... Uh, listen, they weren't doing anything good at all. They were rebelling against God. The leaders were abusing the widows. They were taking advantage of the poor people in the community or in their village. Listen, this is hard to hear or hard to listen to, but they were even sacrificing babies to a false god. It's hard to listen to. It's hard to even imagine that something like that would be happening. But God's heart was wrecked over the sinfulness of these people. And Jeremiah, he was representing God and his heart was aching as well. And he was thinking, this isn't right. This isn't how it's supposed to be. How can you claim to know the one true God and do things like this? How can you speak God's name in one, one side of your mouth and do things like this out of the other side or say things like this? How can you claim to know God when you're abusing people or mistreating people who were made in the image of God? How can you do this? And how could you do this and still claim to know the one true God? We're going to pick up in Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 18. And I want you to hear the heart 
the heart of the weeping prophet, the prophet Jeremiah, when he says this, verse 18, my grief is beyond healing. My heart is broken. Just think about that for a moment. Jeremiah, my grief is beyond healing. My heart is broken. I hurt with the hurt of my people. I mourn and I'm overcome with grief. Can you just take a moment this morning and just feel what Jeremiah was feeling? He saw what was going on with the people and he knew. He knew that God is so much greater than this. God is so much bigger than the craziness that they were doing. And, and, and his heart was breaking. Because the God that they claimed to know was there for them, ready and willing to bless their people. But they were just turning from Him and doing things that they knew they shouldn't be doing. Can you hear the brokenness in Jeremiah as he's speaking these words? The grief is overwhelming. My, my heart is broken beyond compare because of the injustices that are going on. In this land. The injustices that are happening to those that don't have the power to defend themselves. My grief is beyond healing. So Jeremiah did what he knew to do. At this point in the book of Jeremiah, he started preaching some of the most fiery sermons that you'll ever read. He just started preaching, man, with the fire from God. And he prayed and he fasted and he stood strong. And he threatened people and, and he, he did everything that he knew to do, to do and things didn't immediately change. My grief is beyond compare. It's unbearable and my heart is broken. My question to you today is, do you want that? Seriously. I mean, do you want your heart to be broken beyond compare? Do you want your grief to be overwhelming because when I wake up in the morning, that's the last thing on my mind, right? When I wake up in the morning, I just want to have a stress-free, comfortable day. And I, I believe that most of you are just like me. I want the exact opposite of what Jeremiah is saying here. I want to go through the day with no big problems, no heartache, no grief, no headaches, nothing major happening. When I drive out of Spradlin Branch and I, I kind of get over to the side when someone's coming in the opposite direction, I want them to wave at me and I want them to say thank you through the car window, you know, all the important things of life. That's what I want. I want a very comfortable day. I don't want anything bad to happen. That's why this is a dangerous prayer. <laughs> when you pray this prayer, God break my heart for what breaks yours. And when I'm talking about God break my heart, when I'm talking about something that breaks your heart, I'm not talking about something that's like a spiritual interest or some little thing that just annoys you. I'm not talking about picking up a stray dog on the side of the road and, and taking them to the pound or wherever you take dogs at this point. That's horrible for me to say. Many of you are dog lovers. Whatever, whatever that looks like, I don't know the exact term, but, but for many of you that love dogs, I'm not talking about just picking up a dog on the side of the road or stopping at the red light and giving your spare change to the guy that's standing there asking for money. I'm not talking about those things. What I'm talking about is a gut-wrenching burden that absolutely consumes your very being. It absolutely consumes everything inside of you. It doesn't let up. It doesn't let go. It doesn't go away. It gnaws at the very thing inside of you that pushes you to action. You absolutely can't do anything but act because of what's happening inside of you. 
You simply cannot stand still. You have to do something. That's what I'm talking about. Like, what is that thing inside of you? When you pray the prayer, God break my heart for what breaks yours. I'm talking about that thing inside of you that just won't go away. You just have to do something. And honestly, when you get to this place, the feeling that you have on behalf of God is the opposite of everything that popular culture tells you or programs you to want. It's the opposite of that feel-good version of Christianity that says things like this, God exists for me. God exists to make me happy. God exists so that I have a good stress-free day. God exists so that I walk through this day completely comfortable. He's here to take away all my pain, to take away all my infirmities, to take away all the things that hurt me in this world because God exists for me. It's the complete opposite of that. As a matter of fact, it's the complete opposite of this idea that, that this is your year of abundance. This is your year. If you can name it, you can claim it. Because that's what God's here to do, is to make your life as happy and healthy as possible, right? It's the complete opposite of that. It's the complete opposite of this is my best life. This is my best life. God wants me to be happy. What if God's greatest blessings come from God's greatest breakings? What if God's greatest blessings come through God's greatest breakings? What if the most special blessings from God are on the other side of the pain that moves you out of self-care about people on His behalf or to care about people on His behalf? What if the greatest blessings that you're actually going to have are on the other side of your greatest breakings? Because that's not what popular culture teaches you. Popular culture teaches you to live it up, guys. This is your only life. YOLO. Live it up. Let's just have fun. And the most important thing is your happiness. If you're not happy with your spouse, get a new one. You're not happy with your job, job, move on. Get a different one. You're not happy with your friends, let them go. Move on. You're not happy with your church, talk about them and then go to another one. That's what happens. Because that's what the world teaches us. What if your greatest blessings come from your greatest breakings? What would happen if God really broke your heart? For what breaks his. What would happen? What if God blessed you with a heavenly burden? Do you have a heavenly burden right now in your heart? Do you have a heavenly burden that you know is divine? What if God gave you a heavenly burden? I don't know about you, but I like comfort. A few years ago, my wife and I took what we called our second honeymoon, if you will, before Lincoln came along. Taylor and I took a cruise, and they, they treated us like royalty. I don't know if any of you guys have been on a cruise before. I'm sure that quite a few of you have probably. But listen, we bought the, the worst cabin in the entire ship, so we got one of the interior rooms. We didn't have a window in it, right? But before we got on the ship, they called, and they were like, for an extra $300, we're going to upgrade you to a spa suite. I'm like, absolutely, I'll pay it. I don't have it, but I'll pay it. I was so excited because you know what happened? They put us in this little corridor that when you came out of your room, we were like literally in the spa. So we didn't even have to put, well, we didn't even have to put regular clothes on. We just put our spa clothes on, right? Just put that big, nice spa, comfortable clothes on and just went out, man, our sandals and just went straight up, you know, got in the sauna, 
did all those things. And man, they were just there to serve us. And it was so nice. It was so nice. They had this big, huge jacuzzi that was like a, it was a swimming pool, but it was actually a jacuzzi. It was just so nice. I mean, it's like, I felt like I was on top of the world for the entire week. It was amazing. We, we went to four different ports. We didn't even want to get off the boat because we felt like royalty there, right? The problem is that comfort never moved me to action. Comfort begets comfort, doesn't it? Comfort never moves us to action. I never became so comfortable that I thought, hey, let's go change the world. Comfort seems to beget more comfort time after time. Laziness seems to beget more laziness. I was sitting with my parents. We were camping this weekend. And man, I just loved it because my parents had this nice little reclining chair. And so I was sitting in that chair. And when my wife was yelling, hey, the kids are playing in the fire, I was like, hey, go get them. I'm okay. I love it here. I just, it was just like, I don't want to move. And, and the longer I sat there, the more I wanted to sit there. You know, it was just comfort begets comfort. But like many of you that have something wrong, you know, health-wise, I have pain in my lower back a lot, a lot. Every day of my life, something happens and I feel pain in my lower back. But pain purifies. And suffering's strengthened. Trials actually make you more like Jesus and teach you to depend on God. God, break my heart. It's a dangerous prayer. It's a very dangerous prayer. It snaps us out of self-centered, our self-centered pursuit of easiness, doesn't it? That's what pain does. What if your greatest blessings were on the other side of your greatest breakings? You know, Moses was a young Hebrew boy that watched the Egyptians for a long, long time, cruelly beat his people and forced them into slavery. And listen, his heart was broken. He was heartbroken about the people and the way that they were being mistreated and the oppression of his people. They were held in slavery for decades until years later and, and, and God just put this fire inside of him on behalf of his people. And God put this fire in, inside of him and, and one day Moses stood before the greatest man in all the land, the most powerful man in the whole world with a heart that was breaking on behalf of the plight of his people. And he said, let my people go. There's this guy by the name of David, and he was a ruddy boy is what the Bible says. He was a ruddy boy. He was little. He was small. He was a shepherd boy. And while the whole nation was at war, he wasn't at war with the nation because he was so small. He was staying back to tend the flocks. And one day his dad called him up and he was like, I need you to take some, some, some snacks. I need you to take some cheese and some crackers out to the front lines to your brothers who are the real warriors. I need you to go out there and talk to them and take them some of these snacks and make sure that they're healthy. What David walks up and sees when he gets to the, to the front lines of the war is that the war was at a standstill because there was this guy, this giant by the name of Goliath. And Goliath was standing tall and every day he was coming out and he was talking to the, uh, to the army. And he seemed way too big to defeat. But then Goliath made a mistake. Because he was making fun of God. Goliath was making fun of God and he was making fun of God's people. And David couldn't stand it. 
When David got to that front line and he heard that giant Goliath out there making fun of his God and making fun of God's people, he couldn't stand it. He burned with righteous anger inside. Something broke his heart and he stood up and he said, who are you to come against the God? Who are you to come against the armies of the Lord? Everyone thinks that you're too big to defeat. Well, I think you're too big to miss. Someone give me a sling and three stones. And that's what happened with David. Break my heart, Lord, for what breaks yours. Guys, this is a dangerous prayer. When you pray this prayer, it's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be happy. It's not going to be exciting. When you pray this prayer, break my heart, Lord, for what breaks yours. Be prepared. There once lived a great theologian by the name of Popeye. Popeye the sailor man. And he had a knockout girlfriend. Her name was Olive Oil. Listen, she was a showstopper. There was this guy by the name of Brutus, and he used to mess with olive oil. And man, he used to get Popeye going. He'd get him going real hard. And then Popeye would reach his point, and he would say... <laughs> That's all I can stands. I can't stands no more. You remember that? Some of you, you're going to get to that point. When you pray this prayer, Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. You're going to get to this point and God will break your heart. This is one that I can tell you today. God will answer your prayer. God will break your heart. And listen, he's going to shake you out of your continual pursuit of comfort in this life. He's going to stir you with a divine burden that you simply cannot ignore. And when your heart breaks one day, you're not going to be able to hold back. And you're going to say, that's all I can stand. I can't stand no more. My beautiful bride and I, we began praying this prayer about two and a half years ago. Probably not in these same terms, but the same sentiment. Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. We had just been matched with our beautiful daughter, Elena, with her birth mom. We had no idea what we were going to do. We had no idea what we were going were, were gonna to do. We had no idea how to raise a black child in today's society. And so we started studying. We started educating ourselves. We started listening to podcasts. We started listening to, to interviews online. We started talking to people that have been on this journey far longer than we had. And the deeper that we went, the more that we desired to educate ourselves, the more that we prayed that prayer, show us, Lord. The further that we had went, and the further that we had gone, the more that our hearts broke. The more that our hearts broke. Our hearts broke for the people of color and the systemic problems that they had to deal with over the years. Our hearts broke for the racial injustices that are still taking place all around our nation today. Our hearts broke for birth mothers that felt like they had no other choice than to place their children for adoption. Our hearts broke for adoptees who always had the question, why? 
Why didn't my mom, why didn't my birth mom love me? Why couldn't she take care of me? Why didn't my family keep me? Our hearts broke when we asked these questions. Our hearts broke so much that it moved us to action. I never imagined in a million years that I would be a part of an open adoption. I never imagined in a million years that after our adoption, we would be flying to Arizona for two or three times a year to make sure that we kept our baby girl in the life of her birth mother. To make sure that that she understood her heritage. To make sure that she understood what it meant to her birth mother to make an adoption plan. I never imagined that I would be in this kind of relationship. But here we are, doing everything possible to raise our girl in this society today. And not just our girl, but our son as well. We are making sure that that our baby girl stays connected to her birth mom and her birth family. Learning all that she can about her heritage and the plight of her people. And standing up for people that look like her because, listen, it's the right thing to do. Racial injustice breaks the heart of God. A birth mother having to place her child for adoption breaks the heart of God. So we'll do all that we have to do to honor God through racial reconciliation and through giving birth mothers a voice. That's our hearts. When we prayed that prayer, that's what burns inside of us every single day. Every single hour. Break my heart, Lord, for what breaks yours. When you pray this dangerous prayer, I want you to get ready for your heart to ache. I want you to get ready to hurt. I don't know what's going to break your heart. I don't know. It might be the plight of the unborn child. It might be for little children in our community who go to bed hungry every day. It might be for racial injustices that haunt so many people throughout our land. It might be to get clean drinking water to kids in villages all around the world that don't have access to clean drinking water. It might be for those trapped uh, in financial bondage. It might be for children in our state that don't have a loving home. It might be for those suffering with mental illnesses. It might be for those who are trapped in addictions of all kinds. It might be for those recovering from infidelity and unfaithful marriages that think that they'll never be able to love someone again. It might be for those that are trapped in a pornography addiction. When you pray this prayer, it will break your heart. It will break your heart. And when it does, and when it does, I want you to thank God. Take a moment and thank God for breaking your heart. Because when your heart breaks, you'll know that your heart is breaking for the very thing that breaks the heart of God. Thank God in heaven that on His behalf, your heart is breaking. And you may think, listen, I don't want that. I don't want my heart to break. I don't want to grieve. 
I don't want to be a part of something. It's better to not have hurt. It's better to not experience it. I've thought all my life. I've thought my entire life. I'll never go into foster care because my heart's going to break whenever I have to give the kids back. My heart's just going to break. Well, my wife and I just ended our fourth foster care session. We're preparing ourselves because our hearts are breaking for kids in this community and in this land that don't have a loving home. And I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that for a pat on the back. But I'm telling you, when you pray this prayer, God will answer the prayer. Your heart will break for what breaks His. And you may say, it's better to not get hurt. It's better to just not be involved. Just let them do their thing and I'll do mine and we'll all get through this life okay. I hope that you'll understand this today. It's better to hurt with a purpose than to exist without one. It's better to hurt with a purpose than to exist without one. Let me invite the worship folks up. The Apostle Paul was like this. He was what many would call a false prophet. I'm sorry, a false convert. That means that he was super religious, but he didn't have a personal relationship with Christ at that time. So he bragged about his religious attributes. In Philippians chapter 3, verse, um, uh, well, in Philippians chapter 3, he said, I was circumcised on the eighth day. I was, of all people, uh, I was of the tribe of Benjamin. I was the Hebrew among Hebrews. As a matter of fact, I followed all of the laws. All 613 of them. I did them all. Paul's like, listen, I was the Hebrew among Hebrews. I did it all. I led a very righteous life. And then he went on to say, but when I came to know Christ, not the rules, not religion, but when I had a relationship with Jesus, I consider all that all that past life, I consider it loss. And you know what the Greek word, when he says the word loss, you know what the Greek word for that is? Dung. Yeah, I said it on Sunday morning in church. It means poop. I consider it all crap, Paul says. Except knowing Christ. All of the rest of it, I consider it all loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ. All of it is worthless, he said. All the laws, all, all the things that I was doing, I was trying to be so religious and trying to be so good and trying to be perfect and I consider it all loss compared to knowing Christ. Compared to a relationship with Christ. And then in Romans 9, check out what Paul says. Remember, like, let's go on this journey with Paul. So he all he was the Hebrew among Hebrews. And then he said it's all loss compared to knowing Christ. Then in Romans chapter 9, Paul says, With Christ as my witness, I speak with utter truthfulness. That means I'm telling you everything within me that is so truthful. My conscience and the Holy Spirit confirm it. That my heart is filled with bitter sorrow. Paul says, my heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people. Who does that remind you of? The weeping prophet. Jeremiah said, I'm overwhelmed with grief 
Paul says, my heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters. And check out, like this is what Paul said. Listen, you, this is amazing. Paul says, I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save me. Listen, Paul's saying, my heart is breaking for the very thing that breaks the heart of God. And it's breaking so much. I love them so much. Christ is everything to me. Christ is everything to me. Everything that I once knew, I don't even care about anymore. I only care about Christ, but I would give it up. I would give up and be forever cursed, forever separated from Christ if it meant saving my brothers and sisters. If that's what it took, if I had to spend eternity without Him just so those that I love would know Him, then I would be forever cursed. Guys, it's a dangerous prayer. When you pray this prayer, God break my heart for what breaks yours. It's a dangerous prayer. Listen, you're going to hurt alone. You're going to hurt alone. Don't expect people to understand because they're not. People may call you crazy. They may say that you have lost your mind. When you pray this prayer, God break my heart for what breaks yours. Be prepared for loneliness because it will come. But in the midst of your pain, you thank God. Why? Because your heart is breaking for the exact thing that breaks the heart of God. And that's a blessing. When your heart breaks for something that breaks the heart of God, you will live your life with a purpose that is far greater than you. It's not about comfort. It's not about what I can get out of this life. God, what breaks your heart? Because whatever breaks your heart, that's what I want my life to be about. Would you consider praying this prayer with us today? Would you consider praying this most dangerous prayer? God, break my heart. Break my heart. Crush it, God, for what breaks yours. It's my challenge this week. Set a reminder on your phone today, tomorrow, every day this week. Take a moment, spend some time with God, and simply pray the prayer. God, break my heart for what breaks yours. He will answer your prayer. Would you stand, please? Father God, and 
I'm asking you today, God, with everything inside of me, I am asking you, God, to continue to break my heart. Strip away all the comfort of this world if necessary. Strip away all of the things that that make me happy, healthy, and safe. And break my heart, God, for what breaks yours. I am so tired of living this life with only me in mind. My comfort, my happiness, my safety. What I deserve. I am so tired of it, God. Break my heart for what breaks yours. For this church, Father, I'm praying in the name of Jesus Christ. For this body of believers, I am praying right now over this church. And I am asking you to break our hearts. Every single one of us, break our hearts for what breaks yours. Give us a divine burden that we cannot do anything about except act in order to do what you have called us to do, Father. Break our hearts, God, for what breaks yours. It's not about me. It's not about what I like. It's not about what I want. It's not about what I think I deserve. God, you don't owe me anything. I'm praying today that you break my heart and you break this church's heart. You break it, God. Break it, God. And give us a divine burden that we can't sit around here and and gossip and, and talk about. God, that we can't do anything but go to work for you, God. Into action for you, God. Because that's what you've called us to do. Break our hearts, God, for what breaks yours. The altar is open. Anyone that wants to pray, you're welcome to pray. If you want to begin this prayer, I'm challenging you today. Begin this prayer. God, break my heart for what breaks yours. It's a dangerous prayer. And let's pray it together.